people know enough to know that the highlight reel is, is on social media. You edited this video, you edited this question, or you cherry picked this question to show yourself to be the expert. But really when you're in that room in a workshop and somebody goes, I'm stuck with this, what is this? How do I move through this? Then they're able to see the version of you that they get on the other side of deciding to be a client if they choose to. I'm Sonia Statman and you're listening to Women in the Business Arena. Over the last 20 years, I've had the honor of working with thousands of women in business. During that time, I have been obsessed with finding a new way to operate business. One that eliminates hustle, supports ease, aligns with our values, and gives us a sustainable pathway to change the world. This podcast shares with you some of the lessons I've learned along the way. The conversations we have here are intimate, honest, and enlightening. It's like hanging out with friends who also happen to be pretty amazing business owners. Here we challenge what the world says business has to be to trailblaze a path of our own. Are you ready? Here we go. Hi, and welcome back to Women in the Business Arena. I am so excited for today's episode. I have some pretty amazing guests, which I'm going to introduce you to, and we are going to bust the myth that you have to be on social media to succeed in business. So let me introduce you. I'm going to start with Meg. Meg, will you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Meg Atterbury, and I'm a full-time content writer and SEO queen at Copywriting with Fox. Been in business for about four or five years now. I'm going to stop counting. <laughs> and my mission is to help women stop hustling on socials and start selling passively with SEO-rich copy that magnetizes your ideal client. And when I'm not helping women, um, I actually run Fox in the Forest, which is one of the most popular Colorado travel blogs on the web without social media. I love it. Thank you, Meg, for being here. And then let me have you meet also Jazz. Jazz, will you introduce yourself? Hi, hi. Lovely to be here. My name is Jazz. Um, You've guessed the accent right. Yes, I am from London. I am a career coach and I'm on a mission to really help people create phenomenal careers without limits and also without the burnout so they can avoid the Sunday night dread and dream big instead. I love that. That's so beautiful. And I'm so excited to have these two women on this podcast because I know, like me, they're really intent on building a business without social media, on minimizing our need and attachment to have to be scrolling all the time and putting out content all the time and looking instead for more creative ways to have a very, very successful business. I thought we'd start out by looking at Why do we even need to talk about this topic? Why might we want to get off of social media? What do you both think? I can get going. I'm pretty passionate about being off of social media. Um, You know, I feel like if you look at the big picture of social media, you know, um, especially like, let's just take the bigger platforms that everybody's really familiar with, for example, like these are publicly traded companies and they're for good, bad, better or worse, like their mission is to keep you on them regardless of who you are, right? That's how they get paid and that's how they pay their shareholders. So, you know, it becomes this really vicious cycle. And I was actually 
had kind of a bit of an addiction to it. Um, I originally started out in the outdoor space and social media was a lot about like, what are you doing? Oh, what are you doing? And oh, this person's over here doing that. And this person's over here doing that. And I got really caught up in, in from my business and it affected my personal life in like competing and comparing myself to others. So, um, you know, I, I looked at what, how much time I was spending on social media and the average person spends over two hours a day on social media, which like on an eight hour workday is pretty substantial. And, um, I looked at how many people were coming to my business, both businesses, both my freelance writing business and my blog through social media and the numbers were shocking. So I get over a million views to my blog a year and less than 200 people came through social media. Wow. So I was feeling this emotional tie of my self-worth to these platforms, but the reality was much different, right? Um, so I think for me, that was the biggest motivator for me to get off of socials um, pretty much permanently. And it was interesting to realize too that like for my writing business, I really never use social media to get clients. So it was much more about relationship building for me. I love that. How about you, Jazz? Yeah, I I echo a lot of what Meg says, Um, especially for me as a career coach, what I was finding, or in fact, if I start from the beginning, I am a career coach that believes that your career is what you define it to be. So whether you are maybe like me, where you're multi-passionate, you work a full-time job as well as having a business or part-time or freelance, whatever it is, I want you to do that. And that's that's genuinely part of what I mean when I say limitless. It's not about, I'm going to make this choice so that I can explain it to other people. Um, and what I found in my work as a career coach, working with folks who wanted to launch a business, is that they had sat on ideas simply because they looked on social media platforms and thought, I can't do that, so I can't be a business owner. And that's the thing, even to this day, this very day as we sit down and have this conversation, I've spoken with two people on a webinar who said, I've had this idea for seven years and I spent the past year just on social media, just studying it and figuring out what to do. And, you know, this is in the Q&A portion. The first thing I said is like, you're, if, if you're genuinely on there to find your people and to have conversations, remember the social side it doesn't need to be a performance just post something on there, get your message out there. Please do not let a social media platform or the pressure that it brings, because it brings it, regardless of whether, regardless of how strong you think you are in your resolve not to scroll, it is designed that way. I work in tech, okay? There's a wonderful book called Hooked by Near IL. Read it, get the Cliff Notes version. It is designed to have you on there. That's how they are monetizing you and your content. And I think that for me was one of the saddest sort of sides of it. But also I saw that reflecting in my own business. Where now I'm three and a half years into running this business and I've probably spent the best part of six months peeling social media out of it. I'm still on Instagram because my folks are on there. But if you were to look me up, if somebody at Instagram HQ was to look me up, they would know I'm running ads and I'm going to be super transparent. I'm running ads. I'm talking to people in the DMs. They release a new toy. I'm not jumping. This very week, they made some updates. I'm like, meh, you're going to do what you're going to do. That should not change my entire business. And if anything, every time I watch these changes, it makes me double down on peeling it out, really doubling down on things like my newsletter, blogs. I enjoy writing. I enjoy all the things that I actually genuinely enjoy and love to use to connect with people in a meaningful way aren't on social media. 
And the people that meet me and they become my clients, yes, there's an element of them following me on social media and digesting my content there, but it's usually off there. They've come to a webinar, they've listened to a podcast, they've had a conversation, we, they've emailed me, they've read my blog, nothing to do with these algorithms. And, and that's what it's about. We can get so caught up in these algorithms and forget that there's an actual business out there. And I think for me, it was, it's an interesting thing because I, I grew up, the parent, my parents were entrepreneurs. So I grew up in the days where my Saturday job for my dad, for his kitchen and bathroom showroom, was going down the neighborhood and posting flyers through doors. And if somebody opened the door, you knew how to have a chat with them and go, hi, my dad owns the showroom at the bottom of the hill. He's just letting people know he's got a special promotion. Conversations, connections, keeping it simple. One person to another. And I think that's something that gets lost when we dive into social media and people then start to think, I either am going to be an overnight success because that's what I see, or that I need to get 5k followers to be a legit business. Meanwhile, I can look you up on Company's House, which is like our version of public tax records, and see that you've made a loss for five years running, but you've spent a bunch. you spent a bunch of, not only money, it's the time bit that gets me. It's the time bit, right? That's exactly what makes it. The amount of time, two hours every day is an extra day. <laughs> Like, you know, yeah. what else would you rather be doing? Because I've got plenty of things I'd rather be doing. So yeah, that's my journey with uh, sliding up off of these platforms and just exploring new ways of connecting with folks. I love that. And I really resonate with both of you so much. Like my parents, my mom and dad were both entrepreneurs as well. You know, they had their own businesses. I grew up in that. I've had my own business since 1999 and we didn't have social media, right? Like we we had to practice, you know, some of the different kinds of business practices of connecting and sales and building relationships. And those were all kind of the experiences that I had. And so, you know, I've carried with me those for so many years. And like personally, I know for myself, you know, social media is exhausting. Like I, on, on a personal level, I can't stand it. I, um, you know, don't love scrolling. I don't love being on there. I don't feel like I get deep enough connections. And so, you know, that was real kind of impetus for me to change things. But I agree with both of you too. When you look at the numbers, right, when you really look at how many of your clients come from, especially content, right? I think people stress so much about needing to do lots of content. Or they're like, I need to do TikTok or I need to do Reels or I need to do, and they're not connecting it to sales, they're connecting it to some idea they have that they have to put out a bunch of content. And when they look at the sales, they realize that no one is coming from all this work and effort that they're putting in. I know that's what I learned. I mean, probably 5% of all my sales in the last 20 years have come from social media, right? Like most all of it has come from, just like you said, direct connections, relationships, people I meet. And if it does come from social media, it's from groups I'm in. It's from people I'm chatting with. It's not from content and finding random people who see me. So I think that's a really powerful, you know, shift in understanding because people really get stressed about it and they really do make decisions based on what they see in social media. Totally. Yeah. I also think too, you know, there's like a really nice art, you know, especially coming from an SEO background between that analytics and data and then like your values as a company, right? So I've been thinking a lot, like the biggest reason 
for my blog, for example, the first thing you read when you're starting a blog is, oh, you got to grab the social handles like immediately. If you want to be a successful blogger, you want to work with anyone, da, 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 you got to have socials and you got to be on there. And so I did that because that's what people told me. But I looked and really evaluated the values of that business because like jazz, I'm also multi-passionate and it, I was like, well, my goal is to get people outside. So what am I doing? Creating Instagram stories making people feel FOMO yeah, and getting him to scroll. I was like, no, like SEO for me was a much more focused and targeted approach because it's somebody looking for a specific solution to a specific problem, right? And I make most of my revenue through ads and affiliates on that particular business model. So they're coming into my site for a direct reason. They're getting their answer and then they can get out there and go. And, you know, I quit socials for my blog back in... I don't even remember, say March, say March of this year. And I noticed that I'm making more money. I'm working one day less and I, um, I'm doing a lot better because I can take all that energy that I was, you know, using for socials and apply it to what I'm really good at and building that up. Yeah. And I think this idea, you know, I feel like there's this thread in there too of like ethical versus unethical marketing. So I talk a lot about ethical marketing. And, you know, that is treating people as if they're sovereign beings, right? Like not mm -hmm. feeling I have to manipulate, cajole, you know, uh, do kinds of, you know, pricing hacks and all of these things that really get people to want me. But instead to be very ethical and transparent with what your values are and who you are and more direct in the way that you work with people, more way that you reach out with people, the way that you connect with people. And I think social media has a lot of unethical marketing in so many different ways, right? Like not only is the algorithms and the way those companies are operating unethical in that they're, you know, totally working off trying to get you to have FOMO, trying to get you to scroll, trying to get you to be addicted to the platforms. So I think there's that unethicalness. But I think also a lot of people operating are operating with unethical techniques and they I don't even know, right? I know a lot mm. of women that have come to me, they're like, I'm uncomfortable with the way that I'm having to market, but I don't know what else to do, right? I think this is what everyone's told me to do, but I'm uncomfortable. They think they have to market that way in order to succeed. And so what would you say to that? Like, you know, do you all agree that there is like unethical marketing in that realm? And how do we have more ethical marketing in alignment with our values? I, oh my goodness. Full disclosure, <laughs> my day job is for a product analytics company. So I talk to people about data all day. And I talk to people about the data that they can see about their clients. And it's always an interesting thing when something happens in pop culture around data, because that's my day to day. Mm. And I, I remember going to a security conference even before I worked for this analytics company. Um, and I remember them sitting on the stage and they had the guy who was the whistleblower from Cambridge Analytica and some other folks who were like, if the thing is free, if the platform is free, you are the product. And a similar conversation took place around the advent of um, Clubhouse where folks were being told, you need to be on this. Like, what are you doing in your business if you're not on this thing? What is going on if you're not here? And I remember, uh, you know, somebody who I, I really respect in the realm of business, but also just in um, some of the things that are shared, kind of just said, this is yet another platform that is going to make their millions off the back of your free content. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't do a free two-hour workshop for folks. Why would I jump on this platform and give two hours 
of a workshop to them just because that's what I'm meant to do. That's the done thing. And there's so much peer pressure around it. And, you know, I say this to somebody who I maybe have got, I may have got into it because I love doing podcasts. I love talking. That's my medium. But I was on Android. (laughs) So I missed the boat and looked at it from the outside. It was like, that just looks like a lot of stress for me. Another platform to give away free things. And I think kind of bringing that back to the point of ethical marketing, I make it clear. You listen to my podcast. I will tell you in the show notes, hey, here's my invitations. Here's the things. These are the things that I do. And I'm, I'm big on invitation. One of the things that I say to people is it's invitation, not an obligation. There are folks that I connect with on Instagram that will be like, your, your platform, so I've got a group coaching program, looks amazing. I can't afford it. I said, no problem. Here's the podcast on the topic. Here's the blog on the po- topic. Go for it. Because at one point, I was the person that needed somebody to create a safe space where I wasn't going to be targeted and sold to to learn from to then get you know i I call it my bambi legs you know like in in disney and bambi's first learning to work like to get that where it's just like okay i got this little nugget let me see what i do with it i got another nugget let me see what i do with it and i think there's so many ways for people to be shady on social media without realizing it and that's the bit that's the greatest shame because there's folks who will get caught up doing practices that don't reflect who they genuinely are to the point where People that they know would look at their practices and go, you're doing that stuff? What? Like anytime, you know, I told you already, I do Facebook ads. Anytime I do a Facebook ad, I'm always writing it in a way that if my mom saw this, my grandma, my partner saw it, they weren't looking at it like, what's with this pressure? What's with this sleazy copywriting? What's with, you know, and what's with all, you know, all of that? I would want to feel like I am authentically being me in the same way that I would if we were sitting next to each other and I went, hey, I'm doing a workshop next week. It's on this and it's on that. I'd love for you to come if it's a fit. Happy to send you information. And that's always kind of the approach. But definitely when I first got into, especially coaching, you're told that you were meant to get the sale on the call. Yes. You were told that you were meant to like, you can't just run a Facebook ad saying, hey, here's this thing. If you like it, let me know. You're meant to say, what would, you know, you're going to miss out. You're meant to lie to people apparently and tell people that there's only three spaces left. Meanwhile, you, you haven't had a purchase yet. Like all of these things that you're told to do. And then the industry that is built on top of those practices just gets bigger and then you end up with this chain of folks thinking that this is the only way and then it's to the point where it feels weird like I am so happy that I now work with I collaborate with folks and I work with coaches so the coaches that I learn under are showing me a new thing but the minute I saw it it felt weird the minute I sat on a, on a webinar which I knew at some point you're going to sell, sell to me and this person just said I have an offer is it okay if I share it with you? Let me know in the chat if it's okay for me to share it with you. Because if not, you're more than what, like you being with me to this point is amazing. If not, it's fine. I want to give you that agency. And I was just like, well, damn. <laughs> yes, I this love This is what that. it feels like to be in integrity and to be treated exactly like you said, like as a full sovereign human being that I make those decisions and I make them wholeheartedly. But it, yeah, it took three and a half years in business. I'd probably say I only encountered that in the past year. I know. And how about you, Meg? What do you think about all of that? I really couldn't have said it better than jazz. <laughs> To be honest, that was, that was brilliant. Um, yeah, I really feel like, you know, 
especially for a lot of people who maybe sales is uncomfortable, the biggest thing that I try to preach is like, what sparks joy to you? Like, what do you enjoy doing? Do you like talking? Do you like, um, writing? Do you like emails? Do you like video? Go with what feels good to you, not what everyone is telling you you have to be doing. You know what I mean? And a lot of people get really uncomfortable with the CTAs. And there's so many interesting ways to, to go about it and ways that are just really like Jazz is mentioning authentic asking. You know, for me, whenever I'm running an email promo, I always have an opt out right at the top that says, hey, you don't want to hear about this for a month. So what I'm going to be talking about, opt out. I'll get back to you when I'm done with this. Totally mm -hmm. cool. No hard feelings. Right. And I think putting that power back into the hands of the people you're speaking with is, is honestly, it's just like human dignity. It's really, it's refreshing and nice to see, you know? Um, and again, too, having a nice backlog of the free things. I think so many people are feeling this pressure right now, you know, like paid newsletters is a new thing that's up and coming, like always feeling like they have to sell something. And if they're just doing free work, then they're not a good business. But the fact of the matter is like many businesses operate on giving everything away for free. My blog is a great example of that. Like it's all based on ads. So it's really not, you know, the user gets all the information they want and need. And, you know, occasionally you'll have very small things that will give them a little bit more if they want it, but I'm not going to like withhold and hide from them. Right. Um, I'm going to give as much as I can because you have to build that trust. And another great thing, Alex Franzen, actually, she's really great at the whole marketing without social media thing. She brought up a really great question. Ask yourself, what's the last thing you bought on social media through like utilizing an ad? Yes. And I thought about it and it was a product from somebody I had really respected their accounts and I really cared about what they had to say. And I was like, okay, I've been following this person for a while. I'd be willing to invest some money. I bought it and it was literally a catalog of affiliate links. It was the most unhelpful thing I'd ever purchased. And, and I couldn't get a refund and I was like kind of upset about it. Um, and, you know, thinking about that experience, it really turned me off from like direct sales through ads. Like I won't, purchase things through it since then, you know? So, it, you know, using ads is fine. Being on socials is totally fine, but you don't have to do it the way everybody else does or the way you're constantly being told to. Like there really are no rules. And I think one of the hardest parts about this whole process is you can look at your competition and they can be doing something completely different to you and you're trying the same thing and it's not working, you know? And that's normal and okay. Yeah, it's all about finding that mix of things that works well that sits well with you and works well for your audience. You can also look at your competition and think they're really succeeding because they've got a ton of followers and they've got a ton of things happening and yet they are making zero money, right? I've seen mm -hmm. this time and time again, seeing behind the scenes of so many businesses over the years. So many people are out there. It's an illusion what you see on social media. So it's also what we're comparing ourselves against, which is really challenging. But I also want to pull on a thread First of all, social media obviously is a tool. It's one tool of many. But what I really liked what Jazz was saying earlier about Clubhouse, right? I think this is a really good example because I love 
recording audio. I love audio. I could talk on audio all day, right? That's why I do a podcast. I could literally do this all the time. And when Clubhouse first came out, I was like, ooh, exciting, a new audio platform. And the thing is, is that like social media, it's about you having to constantly put in new content, constantly being present, constantly offering new and free things. It totally feeds into the hustle. It totally feeds into this, you know, the whole idea of consumption, the whole idea of like, you know, consistently putting stuff out there, which is what a lot of content on social media does. But what I love about things like SEO, like what Meg does, is, you know, you are creating something once that is strategic, that pulls people in, that lives somewhere. You're not having to create something every day, every week, every month, every year. I mean, I've spent so much time, energy, and money putting content out on social media to produce barely anything in terms of sales. So there's this whole interesting thing that I think, you know, we have to really share with people because I think a lot of people don't do their numbers. They don't look at their metrics. They don't even know a lot of people where their sales come from, you know, and even if they get someone, they assume it's social media, but they don't realize that that person heard about them from a friend and then maybe started following them, but it wasn't the social media that created the hook. It was their friend, right? So Mm -hmm. it's this really interesting process, I think, of educating, you know, business owners that there are more strategic and more effective ways than being a constant content machine. Yes. And you never really own your content on social media. I think that's one of the more important things to remember. And it's so easy. You can be as strong as you want and be be as great as you want, but getting getting those vanity, I call them vanity metrics. So like Mm -hmm. the likes, the double taps, the heart emojis or whatever, you know, getting sucked into that is real, but that doesn't pay your bills (laughs) like at all. And what I do love too about SEO and blogging um, is that there's a lot of opportunity to, I call it tessellation, you know? So if you're an audio driven person, you can have a blog post about a podcast and then a YouTube channel with it. And you can get all of this like exposure through SEO. YouTube is very SEO um, friendly and you, you can really help identify where your customers, where they learn. Like that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing. Where are they learning? Where are they going to actually learn something? And then does that platform make you happy? Do you want to engage with that particular platform? Um, And the cool thing too about SEO, I like to say is you can write it and get it out there and maybe you don't do it correctly the first time, or maybe you're just learning how to work through blogging or SEO or whatever. And it's, and you did it and it's there. And then two years later, you you gain more experience, more knowledge. You can always just go back and refresh it. So you're putting in three hours of work up front and then 30 minutes of work two years later and getting like snowballing benefits from it, which is awesome, you know? <laughs> so it's it's a longer lasting solution, I think, to reaching people and helping them, you know, learn not just more about you, but more about what they're what you offer them and what your expertise is, right? I love that. It has such a legacy. Like to add to that, one of the highest performing blogs on my website is um, I did a profile of 80 women who have side hustles, complete with pictures, descriptions of what it is, all the hyperlink. I did all the SEO juicy stuff. And what was most fulfilling about that is I spent so long crafting the actual blog that I didn't get round to posting on Instagram and it didn't matter. 
They shared the link directly to the blog. And later on, people have had collaborations. They've had people reach out to have business. Meanwhile, this content is still driving a lot of traffic because it's got about 50,000 mentions of the word side hustle, which is something that I help people with. Because also as well, it's kind of me in my little warrior corner thinking, I don't want you to find more of these side hustle articles that are selling you dreams. I want you to find a side hustle article with real women that you can connect with, that you can email, that you can see, oh wow, she's VP of this over there and runs her business, like real authentic stuff. And I think that goes towards the long term of non-social media marketing, that for me resonates even deeper because as a coach, one thing I say to people is like, you can get inspiration everywhere. Open up any app, any Netflix, heck, I've got Disney Plus, I've got all of them, okay? I can feel inspired and get all the feels. <laughs> yeah. But true transformation isn't Instagrammable. It's not sounding right. a meme. And I don't want to lie to you guys that. So I'd actually much rather spend some time to do like three very thoughtful, thought-provoking blog posts that you can take your time and digest. And at the end, there's an invitation for you to literally write me an email or add a comment or, or join the mailing list to find out more or, or find out about more like that in my soul feels like the better choice and the better investment of my time. Because again, that's going to encourage people and remind people that it's not a flash in the pan. It's not a nine square grid. It's more than that. And if you want to go that journey, then of course you can. And if you're not ready to go that journey now, that's fine. The blog post is still going to be there next year and the year after and the year after. And you would have found it because you were looking for it, not because I rammed it down your throat. Yes. I love that. And, you know, I feel like podcasts work really well like that as well, right? You know, podcasts live forever. I mean, I've had, what, 240 episodes that I've done in podcasting. And people still come in new to even a recent podcast and they listen to the old ones, right? I have almost, you know, as much on the old. And now I can cringe and think, ooh, four years ago, you know, I don't want anybody listening to that. But like people eat it up and it always lives there, right? So I think there is these things that have have more sustainability and more strategic direction and they live forever. It doesn't have to be this content machine. And I actually think this is why a lot of people dislike social media. I mean, not only for the unethical behavior and they don't like to scroll, but like it's exhausting producing constant you know, content, like it's exhausting. Whereas you could have a pace that's slower and mm -hmm. more deliberate, you know, one blog post a month even that's thoughtful and deep and powerful and is, you know, looking strategically at SEO. So there's all these different things that I think is really powerful that most people just don't know about because, you know, if you've gotten into business in the last, you know, four to five years, you've been rammed with the idea of social media, is king. This is what you need to do. You need to be doing live video. You need to be doing like, all these things that we've been taught we have to do. When in reality, you know, we really have so much power in being able to figure things out more strategically, figure things out what we actually want to do. But I think we haven't been taught the way to do them because marketers are just selling what they've been doing or selling what their coaches taught them. It's very kind of incestuous, the, the whole marketing and online you know, world. Um, but there's a whole nother world that I think is so valuable. And so what I thought would be really cool is what if we talk about from our experience – you know, how have you gotten most of your clients? 
that's not social media. So for my freelance writing business, I actually shifted in early 2020. I was kind of or early 2021. I was sort of leaning that way anyway. Um, I started out in the outdoors. And the one thing I did is I had my outdoor blog. I'd use that as saying, hey, I can write. And doing content in the outdoor industry often involved photography. So I was like, I can also shoot photos. And I would research people and I had a huge list and it was, it was a hustle. I'm not going to, not going to beat around the bush. It was a hustle for about 18 months. I had a big list. I would target people, specific, specific companies. And I would come to them and I would say, Hey, listen, um, I noticed you're lacking this, this, and this. I happen to be an expert in the same things. Um, can I write a piece for you? The best way to market yourself is to just be damn good at what you do. And so that would snowball and they would recommend me to someone else. And eventually I started just getting word of mouth clients. Right. And I had, I mean, I've worked with American Express. I've worked with REI. I've worked with Big Agnes. I've worked with the North Face. I've worked with these big companies um, on big projects and the small people, you know, and I, I found I really enjoyed working with the small people more. So I started to shift my attention towards working with smaller women owned businesses. And at first it was a really tough transition uh, because I was writing about scaling mountains and now I am more, you know, I had other experience as well. You know, I had experience in tech and healthcare and, and finance and things like that. So I um, started a newsletter and I really love the newsletter because to me, I feel like newsletters, all you need is somebody's email and it's super democratic. There's no algorithm. There's no hard and fast rules, really. There's no keywording or hashtagging or anything like that. It's just a message to somebody. Um, so now I, I get business through there and referrals. And I think that relationship building is extremely important. And what I love about my newsletter is that I try to build relationships through it. So if you've opened 10 out of 10 of my last newsletters, I'll probably personally reach out to you and just say, hi, be like, Hey, what are you doing? What are, what are you looking to gain? Right. And, and just have a conversation with people see how they're doing. And sometimes these people are people I know, and I haven't really connected with them in a while. And I'm like, Oh, you got this cool new rad project going on, or you moved or whatever. It doesn't have to even be business related. Just trying to foster those really human and meaningful connections is super important. You know, people don't want to be marketed at constantly. They just want to chat and they want to learn and, and they want to connect with you, right? Especially in email. So that that's how I've been operating for a while now. And it's, it's going really well. And, and guest starring on podcasts, doing PR, that kind of stuff. I, I enjoy it a lot. One day, maybe I'll get brave enough and start my own. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes, I love that. And Jazz, how about you? How, how do you get most of your clients off of social media? A lot of it is work, word of mouth and mainly through workshops. I do a lot of workshops. So whether it's sort of free webinars that I'm doing by myself or I'm in other people's communities partnering or being hired by organizations to deliver talks and workshops, that has always been one of the threads between that and my podcast. So when people actually sign up to join my programs, they tell me, oh, I listened to every episode of your podcast. Or actually it was that, that workshop. And usually they come to two two seems to be around the sweet spot because they're able to kind of explore two different topics with me and kind of connecting to what Meg said like that's the moment where they can see you're real you're not faking you're answering the questions the way that you are dealing with people right and they can really understand who you are because people know enough to know that the highlight reel is is on social media 
You edited this video, you edited this question, or you cherry picked this question to show yourself to be the expert. But really when you're in that room in a workshop and somebody goes, I'm stuck with this, what is this? You know, how do I move through this? Then they're able to see the version of you that they get on the other side of deciding to be a client if they choose to. So they almost, they get, they get the, the trial that matters, not like the shop window trial, the whole, I'm tasting, I'm sampling the cakes type vibe, <laughs> right? Yes. And, I, and I'm figuring out what this thing actually is. And, and more than anything, what I love about that as well is they're able to observe you work with others. Um, and I think that that is an important thing. I think that's an important thing for me when I decide who I'm working with. You know, I want to feel like you're like super sweet to me because I'm like on some spreadsheet as a prospect and to another person who said, hey, I don't have the budget. You're just treating them anyhow. Um, so, yeah, those have been the main ways. And then it turns into a little bit of a cycle where they'll come to one thing or encounter one thing. And the, the newsletter tends to be the thread. So no matter where they find me, I send them there so that they can be updated on other opportunities to essentially meet me in real life. I love that. And, you know, I think the core thread that I've learned in every way that I, because I've also gotten most of my clients through word of mouth, partnerships, workshops, you know, connections, referrals, right? Never through, I mean, social media has just been so minimal. And I think that relationship building is the key, right? We're building a relationship with the connections that are interested in working with us. And so whether that's we're building a relationship through the newsletter, because that's what I want my newsletter to be as well, a relationship that I'm building with people, or whether we're building a relationship through workshops or we're building a relationship through our podcast, I think the whole key is this idea of building relationships. And I think there is this like this, this, I don't know, you know, I almost think of it like a funnel or like a triangle, right? Like we get the most impact, the more direct we are, right? So, you know, word of mouth, referrals, where we're directly talking one-to-one with somebody, obviously that produces the most conversion or the most results. And then, you know, the more time we get with someone or the more they get to experience our work, like you were saying, Jazz, then that also is an amazing conversion, I find the podcast, as people get to know me, they have time and space to get to know me and how I operate, how I think, and who I am. That allows for someone to really be able to start to trust us. Whereas, you know, just like you said, scrolling through or seeing all the highlights that we've put together and we've made really pretty, that is not enough to really get to the heart of who people are. And I feel like, and I don't know, you know, what your both of your experiences are in your industries, but I know in my industry, coaching and business coaching in particular, people are have been really burnt. And they're very hesitant not to have a lot more data and a lot more information before they invest. 1000% agree. Yeah. A lot of the calls that I jump on is to unravel someone else's really poor experience, of which I've had some. Or there's moments where I speak to other folks who have spoken to the same very interesting, pushy, salesy person. Yeah. Um, and it and it spooks you in a sense because you go, oh, these people are still out there. That person's still doing that. It's the norm. I think too, social media is so focused on quantity, right? And the more and more you know your business, the narrower and narrower and narrower like your client definition becomes, right? You know, everybody grows and has growing pains, right? You work with somebody, you're like, oh, well, that personality really didn't jive with what I'm trying to accomplish. And it made it difficult for me to do my job. 
So I'm going to screen for that person type of person the next time I have an interview with somebody, right? And when you're so focused on bulk, you're really attracting nobody, right? If you're trying to speak to an entire room of a broad group of people, nobody listens, you know, and these other platforms really let you like hone that in and target that into exactly the person you want to talk to. You know, one thing I've realized, I really enjoy working with people who've been, I don't, I don't work with startups. Um, I like working with people who know who their audience is because I feel like you can be much more impactful with your content. And understand that that process takes a time b energy and c failure and that's totally normal and totally okay and nobody talks about it right so experimenting with what's going to work for you and who is going to work for you i think is really essential and social media doesn't enable you to do that because it's all about a numbers game it's all about oh you have to have more followers so you have more exposure or you spend more on ads to a broader group of people you know whatever it is you want to do, it doesn't foster that type of critical eye, right? Um, whereas these other platforms really, really do, right? Like blogging, emailing, you know, you're targeting a very specific person in a very specific way and having a very specific conversation. Um, and, and even like even webinars, I would imagine would be the same way. I don't do too many of them, but <laughs> like I, I'm very picky about which ones I attend for a reason. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, I could talk about this topic forever, you know, and you are, you both are amazing. And I think this is so helpful. I think just even people hearing that this is not a must, that we can actually not use social media, we can actually go after even more effective methods of marketing, I think is really important. And so we're going to wrap up here in a minute, just so that we don't, you know, we're not going too long because we could go for a lot longer. But I would love to hear for people out there who are kind of confused as to where do I start, right? Like I'm on social media. I, I do realize it's not really bringing me the clients. I don't know what else to do. Where is a good next step or a good starting point? What would you say, Meg? Well, first I'd say ask yourself what you enjoy doing. If you have a sales process, okay, assuming you've been in business for a few years and you have a sales process, what part of that process is the most exciting to you? Is it the webinars? Is it the one-on-one calls? Is it the emails? It's obviously not the socials, right? Um, so first, take a small break. And, and, and everybody asks me the first question that comes out of their mouth. Well, do I need to tell people I'm taking a break? It's 100% up to you. You really don't. Yeah. <laughs> nobody, nobody cares. I mean, if you feel better about it, go for it. But I've done both. It doesn't matter. Take a break, right? During that break, you know, give yourself a few days to just relax, unwind, detach from it, you know, and and then start to ask yourself these questions of what do I really enjoy doing? You know, is it writing? Maybe. Is it speaking? Is it podcasting? You know, and and then say, all right, well, I'm going to start there because you're going to show up as your best self doing the things you really love to do. And, and when you show up as your best self, you're, you're going to attract the people you want to attract, right? So that's where I would, I would start. And honestly, you would be very surprised at what you can just leave behind and nothing bad's going to happen, I promise. You know, I still have a Facebook. I have a LinkedIn. I don't use it. I use it for research. It's there. People message me through there often and occasionally I might have my VA sweep through that or I just let it go because I'm not, I'm not there and that's fine. Nothing, nothing horrible is going to happen when you let go. 
I promise. I love that, Meg. Thank you. And Jazz, how about you? What would you say is someone's next step if they, you know, really want to get off social media but just don't know what else to do for their business? I think think about your business. Think about what your business stands for and who it's set up to serve and actually allow yourself to believe in the first instance that there's a different way of doing it. Because I think so often if you are inside the bubble, I was in the bubble, okay, I'm describing it as a bubble. If you're inside the bubble of this is the way I can see myself getting more followers and I can, you know, and you're not quite correlating that with your bank balance, right? If you're in the bubble, I'm speaking to people directly today. It can be really hard to hear people say, what about your blog? Do you have a website? Do you have a mailing list? And I've had those conversations. People go, oh, but GDPR and oh, then I need to get terms and conditions. I need to get a web designer, right? Every option makes it look like there is hard work and there's work. It doesn't necessarily need to be hard. And I think that's the thing. It's almost like forcing yourself into this box of doing marketing exclusively on social media is like learning a new language and if you don't know why you're learning that it's going to be even harder and if you don't give yourself permission to go actually I love chatting to people maybe I want to do a podcast then you'll never be able to truly explore that so you have to give yourself permission in that first instance and then also go back to all those moments um you know if you've gotten a first client go back to that client were they Are they the type of client that sets you on fire where you're in a good way? Where you're just like, oh my gosh, I can't, like, I hope they renew. I hope that they bring more people like them. Like, who was that person? And how else could you have met them? So if you did meet them on social, how else could you have met them? How do they even feel about social media? Because you'll be surprised if you ask many of your clients. They may be just like, to be honest, I listened to your podcast and that's what did it for me, or it was a website, or I asked a friend, or somebody else mentioned you to me, right? So again, building up that evidence that you can do it in a different way can then help you explore that, because ultimately it's all an experiment. And the main thing is for you not to get trapped in doing any one thing in any one particular way, especially not if you don't know why you're doing it. So that, you know, and I say that as a position of somebody who, I'm on Instagram, you will see me post, but the effort, the energy, the resource that goes into it is nothing compared to what's happening elsewhere. Um, and even when you look at it in the bigger picture of things, I'd, sales and marketing are not the same. And I'm at a season and a phase of my business where I would rather perfect my sales. That is what I will focus my energy on because sales is what will get me more folks to work with. That gets me closer to that mission of working with more folks and showing them how to have limitless careers, not just marketing, 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 and then some more marketing. So also look at it from that, but take that, whatever it is, take the step back and go cause and effect, cause and effect. Post a grid, write a thoughtful blog post. Post something on stories, drop somebody a message on, on email, send that message out to your family to say, Hey, I'm doing this thing. If you know somebody, let me know. If it's not for you, feel free to pass it on. Keeping it simple and keeping the people at the core of it is important. We don't have to put tech in between us. And I say that as somebody who works in tech, we don't have to put all these layers of, I have to do this and I have to, you know, and I'm speaking from the place where I, you know, you've got an amazing business idea. And because you think you need to get a PhD in Instagram, you're not serving the folks that are waiting for you. And all they need, because like I said, they're waiting for you, they're ready, they've already been, they've been Googling, they've been asking their friends. 
They are waiting for you to show up in a genuine way and say, hey, we went to school together. Thought I'd reach out, see how things are going. I'm currently doing this over here, if you know anybody. And they're going, oh my gosh, you read my mind. When can we begin? Can we hop on a call? You, you know, they're waiting. I love that. I love that. And, you know, it's interesting because next podcast episode, we're talking about sales over marketing because so many people focus on marketing versus sales. And, you know, similar to what you all would say, I'd say the next step is you have to really get your foundations right in your business. You have to know what you're doing. You have to know who you're working with, who is your ideal target market. You have to understand where they live. And you have to have that definition around your business so that you're really clear at what you're offering. And when you have that foundation, any conversation can become a very natural and organic sales call, right? I'm out talking to someone at a coffee shop and that person says, hey, what do you do? And I say, oh, I do this. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's what I need, right? This It happens all the time. But we have to be really clear about what we're offering and who we're working with. And I think that leads to very natural conversations and, and relationship building. And that is really what sales is about. But we've, you know, a lot of people have relegated sales to a sales page. Like we're just supposed to write some copy, manipulate people to buy, give them a timeline, tell them we only have three spots left. But sales is relationship building. And that's real what we're doing. So, you know, I think that's the place to start is to really get clear about who you are and what you're offering and then start with sales. So, yeah, I love I, I love everything you both have been saying. I'm so thankful to have you here today. Where can people find you? So Meg, where can where can they go to find you? Um, you can go to my website, uh, copywritingwithfox.com and I put out a newsletter. It's called Copy with Coffee. And basically what we chat about, uh, I think, I actually think both of you are on it, which is wonderful. We are. (laughs) (laughs) We chat about this exact topic, actually, how to uh, level up your marketing and your passive sales through uh, SEO, binge-worthy content that's not social media, and uh, copywriting that converts. And it's delivered with your morning brew every Monday, most of the time. Um, I am human. (laughs) And yeah, it's a great newsletter, so... That's, that's probably the, that's the best way to get a hold of me. I love that. Thanks, Meg. And how about Jazz? Where can people find you? Yeah, so my website, justjazz.co. Um, everything lives there, the, the thoughtful blog posts that I mentioned. Um, and also my podcast, The Phenomenal Career Podcast, both of which will lead you to the newsletter and give you my entire real email address where you can have a conversation, have a chat. Thank you both so much for being here. And thank you to all the listeners for being here. And we'll see you next week. This was an awesome episode. And hopefully it inspires you to choose a form of marketing that works for you and is aligned with your natural rhythm and genius. I mentioned in the show how important your business foundations are to choose any marketing that will effectively work for your business. So are you really clear about your business model, your ideal client, your flagship offer, and your message? If not, that is the place to start. And the Worthy Women Collective is one option for getting the support you need. I've spent 20 years helping women design and build solid business foundations. Want to learn more? 
visit worthywomencollective.com or feel free to reach out to me at info at I can definitely steer you in the right direction. Thanks so much for listening to the show. And until next time, remember that you can create a business and marketing plan that you love. Thank you.